perfect everything that concerns us. So last week, we began to talk about the fact that you and I must trust God in all things. For example, if you look at Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So when you look at God, you look at life, you even see that faith is even mysterious. There are many times that you will apply your faith and everything will go quickly as planned. Other times you will apply your faith and you need to pray a bit more. There's a mystery about faith. But what God says is that trust him in spite of the fact that your prayers were not answered. I remember talking to someone that was, uh, someone who was trusting God for something and they believed God, they trusted God for it. And there was a time that they prayed with all their hearts. I joined them in prayer. They trusted God and it never worked out. So right after that, the person lost interest in prayer and felt that what's the point of praying? I've trusted God a number three times and it didn't work. Why should I pray anymore? But the, you know, God was able to meet the person's needs. And then I asked her, if you were to go back and uh, 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 God asked you whether you would have wanted him to do it this way, would you have wanted to do it? Or you would have preferred him to answer your prayers immediately? And then she had tears in her eyes and said that this was the perfect timing. God's timing is always the best. But you and I don't understand it because you and I don't know the future. You and I don't know the plans. When you read the Bible, the Bible says that even John the Baptist had to be born at a certain time. So, so Elizabeth could not have children because John the Baptist had to be born at a particular time in history. So if Elizabeth or, or, or Zacharias' prayer was answered when they wanted a child, immediately, it would have been a problem because their firstborn son needed to be the forerunner for Jesus. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So you and I, in all things, we must just acknowledge God because he is the greatest person. He is high above all things. And when you look at God and you look, the higher you are, the more you can see. So God is at the highest and there's none above God. There is none above Jesus. So if there is none above Jesus Christ, there's none above God. I say it interchangeably because Jesus Christ is God. And we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Not three separate gods, but one God. So if God is at the highest level, then he sees all things. Also, the Bible says a thousand years is with a, a, a day. A, a thousand years is like a day with God. So it means that when God told Adam that when you eat of the tree, the fruit of the tree, you would die that day. God was accurate because no one has lived past 999 years. Everyone has died before a thousand years because a day with the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years like a day. So Adam ate of the tree and died before the day ended. So far as God is concerned. Can I have an amen? And also God knows what is going to happen in 10 years time. God knows what is going to happen in two years' time. God knows what is going to happen in three weeks' time. And God is trying to make sure that your destination, the end result of your destination, my destination, is peace, is good, are blessings. That's why he says, I know the plans I have towards you, plans of good and not of evil, to bring you to an expected end. So if God knows the plans he has towards us, God would engineer everything so that his perfect will for our lives will come to pass. Can I have an amen? So don't worry about what happens. Don't, don't, don't worry because, and also when you look at God, 
God knows the end. That's why we have the book of Revelation. That's why we have the prophecy of the book of Revelation. Because God knows what is going to happen at the end. So no matter what happens at the end, Satan, the beast, the false prophets, they will all be cast into the lake of fire. That one is guaranteed. It cannot change. Hallelujah. Because God is outside time. Time is not linear. Meaning that time changes depending on how fast you are going. What do I mean by that? It even shows that time is, 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 there was a time that time began. There was a time that there was no time. In eternity, there was no time. There is no time with God. God is outside time. But the fact that time is not constant means that there is something to time that you and I don't even understand. The Bible says when the fullness of time was come, God sent his son, made under the law, born of a woman, when the fullness of time was come. So God is outside time. So time, actually, when you travel and you approach the speed of light, there is what we call time dilation, where time changes. So time slows down when you approach the speed of light. That's Einstein's theory of relativity, but it's true. Hallelujah. Time, that's why uh, time is, in fact, light is the fastest. Hallelujah. Light is the fastest thing that is, uh, that's known to man light. And of course, the Bible says that God dwells in inapproachable light. But light is the fastest thing. That's why when you're in a football field and someone kicks a ball far away, you would see the kick before you hear the sound. That's because light traveled fast from the kick where the person was to your eyes before sound reached you. But when you are close, you don't really see the difference. So that's how powerful God is. God is able to to even create time for time to even change. Whether it's I mean, another time, you know, we can talk about time dilation. Hallelujah. Very, very interesting stuff. Amen. So God is so great that he sees the end from the beginning and he knows how to get you and I to the expected end. For example, the children of Israel, they could have taken 40 days to cross from Egypt to the promised land. But instead of it taking 40 days, it took 40 years. Why? Because the children of God or Israel were not ready to face their enemies. They had not been proved and tested. So if they had faced their enemies, they would have surrendered and said, you know what, we, we've given up. Let's go back to Egypt. So because they were not ready and had not been proved, God took them through the longer route. So that by the time they, they got to the promised land, they would have been proved, they would have been tried, they would have been tested. So whatever is happening in my life, in your life, do not worry because God is in control. The Bible says that God has refined us, but not as silver. He has chosen the fairness of affliction to refine us. The more you put gold into fire, it, it burns the gold, but it refines the gold more when it's put into fire. In the same way, you and I, God has chosen the fairness, the fairness, hot fire, the fairness of affliction to prove us, to, to, to refine us. So there are times that you and I will go through challenges, but the fact that we are going through challenges does not mean that God was not with us. Let's quickly turn our Bibles to Romans chapter 8. And I will look at verse 31, Romans 8, 31. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he with him 
how shall he not with him freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Who? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? What shall, okay, yes. to God's elect, hallelujah. I, I, I lost track because I thought we were on verse 33. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justified. Who is he that condemned? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen, who is at, uh, who uh, is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now this is very important. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now many people feel that God doesn't love me anymore. God doesn't want to have anything to do with me anymore. God is punishing me for my sins because of the things I'm going through. But God loves you and I in spite of what we are going through. When you look at the three Hebrew boys, they didn't do anything wrong. When you look at Daniel, he was faithful to God, but he went through the den of, den of lions. Now let's continue. Who shall, what's who or what? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, it means that God is already giving us advanced knowledge that there will be times that we will go through tribulation. God is giving us advanced knowledge that there will be times that we will go through distress. God is giving us advanced information that we will go through persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, and the rest. So God has already told us in advance that we might go through those things, but in spite of those things, those things are not to separate us from God's love. When God allowed those things to come our way, he didn't allow them to come our way so that we will be separate from God's love. I don't know if you are hearing something. So God is saying that tribulation, when you and I go through tribulation, we must still remember that God loves us and God is not going to allow the tribulation to separate us. Can I have an amen? Of course, you can just say it where you are. You don't need to unmute. Also distress. You and I can be distressed in life. You and I can, can go through a lot of distress and pain, but that. God knows about it. God allowed it, but it is for a greater good because the Bible says all things are for our sakes. So even though it's for the greater good, he allowed it. He didn't want it. He didn't cause it, but he allowed it. But anything God allows, I always ask myself, what are the lessons I need to learn from this? If God allowed something, I need to learn some lessons and practically learn them. Hallelujah. And pass the test. So persecution or distress, not persecution. You and I will be persecuted for Christ. Think about it. Unbelievers will persecute us and fellow Christians will persecute us. The more you decide to serve God, the more fellow Christians will persecute you. But in spite of that, that doesn't mean that God is, it doesn't love you and I. You see Christians who say they have the love of God in them, who say bad things about you, lies about you, as for the lies and things, I've, I've, I've heard so many lies about me that at the point I'm like, wow. But that is, that is what God, uh, uh, God has allowed. Hallelujah. So persecution is the fact that you are, people are lying about you or, or you, you are hearing false things about you does not make it uh, uh, the fact that God doesn't love you. God loves you and I in spite of what we are, we, we are, we are hearing. I remember talking to someone who said, no, I don't want to serve God because when I serve God, 
people would talk about me. And I said, what's the problem with that? No problem. If you are being persecuted for Christ's sake, the Bible says, blessed are ye when you, you, you are persecuted for my name's sake, Jesus said, for great is your reward. So the, the people, anyone who is persecuting you or saying things about you because you are trying to serve God, those, they are just helping you to get a great reward. Only that they will have to answer to God. Amen. What do you think? Very, very important. And sometimes you can even be misunderstood in your persecution. Sometimes people can get everything wrong. People can even misunderstand you. People can get wrong your motives. People can, can be lied to and believe a lie. But the fact that people believe a lie does not mean that you should be discouraged. Because if God allowed it, God has a better plan. At least, great will be your reward. I don't know that I'm preaching to somebody. Yeah. So don't worry about all that stuff. Don't worry. Let nothing move you. Apostle Paul said, none of these things move me. But we press towards the mark of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. You press on. And those, you see, anyone who lies about you or says negative things, whether it's at work, whether it's family members, whether it's in church, whether it's your friends, remember that those people would have to give account, but you'll be blessed even more. There was a time I was having, doing, uh, having outreach. Uh, 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 I was having outreach. And as I was having the outreach, I heard someone, in fact, someone said, oh, well, I'm not giving my life to Christ. I said, why? Because somebody in the church offended me and hurt me. And, and, and because of that, I'll not give my life to Christ. There's also another guy I know who is very deep in the word. But because he was swindled by someone in the church or lied against or whatever in the church, because of that, he stopped attending church and doesn't believe in church any longer. But you and I must continue to pursue God in spite of whatever is happening in our lives. Hallelujah. Don't, don't let what people do affect your Christian life. Because some people might even miss heaven because of what someone did and that person will go to heaven. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to miss heaven because of how someone behaves? One of my bosses long time ago, uh, I had to drive him home because he, he had a problem. His car was at the mechanics. As I was driving him, when I put the, my, uh, the car on, uh, a, a preaching message was going on. There was a preaching message. And because the preaching message was, was uh, you know, what uh, my pastor was preaching, as he was preaching, the person said, oh, what are you listening to? I said, I'm listening to preaching. And then the person said, uh, oh, wow, okay. I said, do you believe in God? He said, no, no, I don't believe in God. I believe in myself. I said, why? He said, I, I, I don't believe in people because people are hypocrites. Hallelujah. That don't, don't trust God in spite of that. Trust God in spite of persecution. I don't know what I'm preaching to somebody. In spite of the persecution you are going through, in spite of the difficulties you are going through, still trust in God. Amen. Or famine, even if you are hungry, even if you, you've lost your job, God loves you in spite of the loss of job. What did I say? I said, God loves you and I in spite of the fact that we've lost our jobs. Amen. Or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Even if family a family member has been killed or there's been an accident or there's been a peril, a peril are on uh, 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 bad things that happen. A peril is like, for example, a fire or a wind and hail. 
uh, 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 or a tornado, something that destroys you or, or causes you to lose out. Hallelujah. Even if there is something that has destroyed everything that you have, God forbid, still trust God. What happened to Job? Job was the richest man in the East. But even though he was the richest man in the East, he lost everything. He lost everything. But even though he lost everything, he shaved his head, worshipped and said, naked came I into this world. And I will leave naked. Even if I'm a royal, I'm from the royal family, I will leave naked. Even if I have a billion dollars, I will leave this. I will leave naked. Naked came and naked will I go. Blessed be his. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So you and I, it's very, very important to remember that God is for us. And if God be for us, who? Who can be against us? Who can be against us? Let's continue. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things, in what? All these things, we are more than conquerors. Glory to God. I said we are more than conquerors. I said we are more than conquerors. You, 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 you and I must believe it. We are not conquerors. I'm not a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. Because the Bible doesn't say I'm a conqueror. Maybe there's another verse, but I'll take this one. The Bible says I am more than a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror. Titi, you are more than a conqueror. You must believe it. We are more than conquerors. And a conqueror is someone who dominates, who conquers. We are to dominate by faith. Hallelujah. We are to dominate by faith. If by one man sin entered into the world and death through sin, much more surely will those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign or dominate in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the anointed. We are to dominate by faith. I don't know if I'm preaching to somebody. Oh, hallelujah. We are more than conquerors. I said we are more than conquerors. Through, but we are, you are not more than a conqueror through your strength. You are not more than a conqueror through your boss. You are more than a conqueror through him that loved us. Him that loved us. For I am persuaded. For those who have lost loved ones and those who will die eventually. If, the, if Christ that tarries. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So it means that, look, even in death, there's victory. You, you see, people have not lost out because they died. The Bible says, precious in the sight of the Lord are the death of the saints. So once you are for God and God is for you, you, you win anyway. You win anyway. Apostle Paul, he was a great, I mean, faith man. But when he was about to die, he was looking for it. Faith. He said, look, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. So for me to live, if I'm living, I'm living for Christ. But if I die, I have gain. So don't worry about those who have died. Leave all things to God. Look at the heroes of faith. You see that many of them died, but the Bible says that the world was not worthy to have them in the world. So God had to just take them. What a blessing. Hallelujah. Job said, naked came I into this world, and naked will I go. The Lord giveth, the Lord takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. 
He kept his integrity. May you and I keep our integrity as we serve God and we please God in the name of Jesus. Look at Apostle Paul and Silas. Imagine you've gone to preach the word of God somewhere. As you preach the word of God, you are whipped. You are whipped. Your back is bleeding. Not that there's a, there's a, it's swollen. It's bleeding. The, Paul and Silas, their backs were bleeding. And they were stuck or put in the innermost jail. And they were secured by bonds and stocks and, 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 and chains. So number one, they were not only in jail, but the innermost jail. Number two, they were firmly secured. But they had faith and trust in God. So even though they were, their backs were bleeding, myself, I'm sure maybe in our own, I hope I'll think differently, but in general, I believe that most of us will say, oh God, I was serving you. I was preaching your word. Why have you allowed this? Why have you done this? Why did you allow this, Lord? I was serving you. Why? But Apostle Paul and Silas, the Bible says that they began to sing praises to the Lord and the other prisoners heard them. So they were, they were singing praise. They don't remember that they were in the innermost jail. And they were secured. So if someone is in the innermost jail and the other prisoners heard them as they were singing praises to God, it means they were singing loud. And the Bible says, as they, be, oh, glory to God, as, as they began to sing, the Lord, the, 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 the foundations of the prison were shaking and everyone's bands were loose. So also the bands of affliction, the bands of, of depression, the bands of oppression, the bands of wickedness, all the different bands that could affect the saints, those bands will be loosed when we trust God and we sing praises to him. Can I have an amen? Look also at the thorn in the flesh, Apostle Paul. If Apostle Paul didn't have a thorn in the flesh, who knows, he could have missed it. Apostle Paul said, because of the abundance of the revelations that I got, a, a, a thorn in the flesh was given unto me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me so that I will not be, I will not be proud. So sometimes some people have a thorn in the flesh because of the mercy of God. Hallelujah. But Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. When you are weak, it is then I am strong. So when you are empty and you are weak, then God's strength comes in. But so many saints are strong in themselves. They are confident in themselves. And because of that, the power and the grace of God is not able to function in their lives because they are, they, they are full of themselves. This is full of Jesus. But when you and I are empty, when we've allowed ourselves to trust in the living God, God will bless us. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Amen. Am I preaching to somebody? Look also at King David. Imagine King David was given a promise by God, an anointed king of Israel. Then all of a sudden, he faces a giant. He defeats the giant. And now, instead of being crowned king, he's running around hiding in caves. And he was asking God, God, when will you deliver me from my enemies? 
But God was not going to deliver him from his enemies until he learned how to become a king. He was being trained. He, he was trained in the king's house when he was playing the harp. He was trained in the king's house how to be a king. He, he saw how to become a king. He learned how to become a king in the king's house. And he learned how to depend on God and how to trust in God. How can you trust in God? How can you say confidently that you trust in God when you didn't have anything to trust in God for and you didn't have anything for God to deliver you from? So David had to hide, run away, dodge, pray, a lot of prayer, a lot of wandering around so that he could trust in God until David was trained by God himself. David was not going to leave for the wilderness. So sometimes you and I must learn to be trained, finish our training, let God finish training us so that we can move to the next level. Can I have an amen? And that's why the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. David was able to use his experiences, his experiences. He was facing a Goliath. There are some who are facing a Goliath and they don't know what to do. They feel like they're about to drown. But God has allowed the Goliath to come because he wants you and I to use the past experiences of his deliverance and the past experiences of how he has seen us through so that we can use those experiences to move us to the next level. And David did that. That's why the Bible says, and David said, the same God who delivered me from the paw of the lion and of the bear, that same God is going to deliver me from the hands of this uncircumcised Philistine. See, he defies the armies of the living God. You and I must also allow our circumstances, allow other people's testimonies to help us. If God has done it for this person, God will do it for me. They overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimonies. And they loved not their lives, even unto the death. Someone will say, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. Why should bad things happen to me? Joe can help you. Go to the book of Job and you find out why people who have done good things, sometimes bad things happen to them or afflictions. Of course, God will deliver. I said God will deliver. Look at the three Hebrew boys. Sometimes you ask yourself, why didn't God just do some miracle so that they will not be able to enter into the fiery fence? Why did they have to go into the fire? In the same way, why did, sometimes I ask for God, why do you have to allow Christians to go into the fire? And the fire in my life or in your life could be a difficulty you are going through. A difficulty you are going through, a thing you are trusting God for and you've not seen yet. But you are trusting God. God, why is, why, what's going on? This person has it, that person has it. Why, what is happening? That is the fiery fence. That is the fiery fence. But the three Hebrew boys, they did not care even if they perished and they said, look, throw us into the fiery fence. We are, we are not careful to say that we are not going to bow to anything. We are not going to bow to anything. And the bowing means anything that God said you should not do, don't do. So don't bow to anything. Don't bow to an, bow to an idol. Don't bow to Facebook. Don't shout me down preaching good here. Don't bow to Instagram. Don't bow to Snapchat. Don't bow to, uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, did you mention it? I want people to use it. TikTok. TikTok. Don't bow to TikTok. Don't bow to them. Don't bow to your spouse. Don't bow to your children. Don't bow to your job. Because those can be idols. So there are times that Pharaoh or the world will try to cause you to bow to something. 
or to bow to your circumstances. But the three Hebrews boys said, no, we are not careful to consider we are not going to bow. And the Bible says that they were thrown into the fiery furnace and the people who were putting them into the fiery furnace were burned themselves. And then when Nebuchadnezzar saw them, he said, ah, how many people did we put in? Three. But I see four people there. And one looks like the son of God. And then he called them out. And the Bible says that there was no smell of fire on them. Their hair and their clothes were not even marked with the fire because God had protected them. So there are times that you and I don't understand why God should allow us to enter into a fiery fence. Why should God allow us to go through this difficulty? God, solve it. Why did you allow me to get sick? Why did you allow me to lose my job? Why did you allow me to go through this difficulty? Because he wants to show that he is the deliverer. Hallelujah. He wants to show that he's God Almighty. You see, God is interested in his glory. Why should a woman and a man have a child? And then that child is born blind. Well, there's an answer. The apostles asked Jesus when they were walking, they saw a man born blind. And he asked, Lord, who did sin that this man was born blind? Was it he in the future? Because God knows all things. Or his parents. Jesus said, neither did he sin. So it also shows that sometimes some of the things we will do in the future can affect us. That's why Jesus, because anytime someone was in error, Jesus would say it. But Jesus added to their truth by saying, neither did this man sin, nor his parents. But the only reason he was born blind was that the glory of God, I said, but the works of God would be manifested in his life. That's the reason he was born blind. So there are times that some of the things we go through are there to show that God is the deliverer, to show that God is able. And he's able. And he's able. Why would God allow Abraham to, 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 to suffer difficulty? I mean, why would God allow Abraham to, to, to wait all these years for a son? Abraham said no as for God. God is faithful. So he said he would give me a child by Sarah. But, or Sarai, but as the years are going by, I'm not seeing anything. Maybe. And Sarah too wanted to get her honor. So she said, you know what? I have an idea. Let's go into my new maid and then I'll have a child by you. Abraham said, why not? After doing it, it caused so many problems. Hallelujah. But Abraham, when God told him that, look, my promise is not with Ishmael, but it is with Isaac. Then, then Abraham, then God told Abraham that I, it is going to be from, from Sarah. The promise, the promised seed is going to be from Sarah. As soon as God told Abraham that, Abraham said, wow, okay, I'm going to wait as long as possible. Because I was waiting and Sarah caused me to have a be with Hagar and I realized that it was a mistake. No problem. I am going to wait as long as possible. But as the years went by, first of all, Sarah couldn't have children. Now years have gone by and now she's menopausal, post-menopausal. So a probability of having a child is zero. Let's look at Romans 4.15. Probability of having a child is not nil, zero. 
But you have to trust God. There was a time that God was talking to Abraham. Abraham said, but I don't have an heir. Is this Eliza of Damascus who is going to inherit me? God said, no, 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 no. I'm going to give you a child from Sarah. I'm going to give you a child. And this child is going to be a blessing for, to, for, uh, to many nations. And this child, Isaac, the Messiah or Messiah or the Christ is going to come from him through Isaac, the seed, the real seed that was to come, which is Jesus Christ. Anytime, there is in, in, there's no time to go into it, but in Romans, I believe it's Romans, yeah. In Romans, the Bible says that, and the seed, not as of many, but as of one. So God was saying that that promised seed was not per se many people, but was one person, and that person is Christ. Does that make sense? What do you think? Let me get that verse for you. Am I preaching to somebody here? Okay. Let me just get that. This is a very powerful. Okay, Galatians chapter 3. And then we'll, go, we'll, we'll come back to uh, Romans 4. Galatians chapter 3, we'll look at verse 16, but let's start from 15. Galatians 3. In fact, let's start from 14. That's the blessings, okay, verse 13. Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Another time I'll go through this. That the blessing of Abraham might come unto the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Continue. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though it be but a man's covenant, yet if it be confirmed, no man disannulled or added thereunto. Verse 16. Now Abraham and his seed were the promises made, so now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He said not unto seeds as of me, but as of one and to thy seed, which is Christ. So the Gentiles fit in. So the blessings of Abraham, the promises God gave to Abraham through Isaac, that promise was for a seed and that seed was not many people, per se, the children of Israel, but that seed was Christ. And anyone who accepts Christ, then that promise gets to them. That's why the blessings of Abraham are for you and I. Because the seed, when you trust in the seed, Jesus Christ, then the promises that were given, who glory to God, come to us. Look at Romans 4.15. Am I out of time? Okay. Romans 4.15. Let's turn to Romans 4.15. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, 
but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Abraham is my father if I have faith in Jesus Christ. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth or gives life to the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Verse 18 is where we look. Who against hope believed in hope? So you, I don't think any of us will get to a place where we are hoping against hope. Abraham did this wonderful thing and God was pleased with him. Because faith, remember that Abraham is the father of faith, but you can't have faith without hope because Hebrews 11, one, you can, you can keep it here because I'll switch back very quickly. Hebrews 11, one says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It means faith is give substance or tangibility to hope. Keep it there, please. Keep it in uh, Romans 4.15. Faith gives tangibility to hope. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. So it means that without hope, you can't get faith. Hope is future. Faith is present. Now faith is. Hope is a, 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 an expectation of something good, but faith is a realization of that expectation. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. So that's why you can hope for something in the future. You can hope that, oh, on my wedding day, uh, it will not rain. I'm hoping for it. But you bring a future thing that has no substance, that is immaterial, and you bring materiality to it and substance to it, and you bring it to the present. That's what faith is. Faith is, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen or the conviction of things hoped for, the assurance of things not seen. Hallelujah. So Abraham without, so, so it's, it's similar to Abraham needed faith to trust God's promises that Sarah will have a child. But there was no hope to cling to so that faith would even be realized. So he only had to hope against hope. So I'm hoping that hope is non-existent. So I'm going to hope against the non-existent hope. And I'll just get faith. And God said, no, this man is very powerful. So who against hope believed in hope? That he might become the father of many nations because he believed in hope. Where there was no hope. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Continue. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, meaning that even to get an erection, he was dead. When he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So he, 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 he go back to verse 19. So he was not weak in faith because he did not even think about. So when you and I are trusting God, don't think about the things that are against you. Don't think about the things you don't have. Don't think about your shortcomings. Don't think about the things that are going against you or the, the fact that you are going down, supposedly. Because Abraham, what was going against Abraham was his body and the deadness of his wife's womb. That was going against Abraham. But in order not to be weak in faith and to trust God, you should not consider the situation. Don't look at the thing that is happening, but rather don't look at what you see, but look at Jesus. Look unto Jesus. 
Don't faith, walk by faith and not by sight. So Abraham did not consider it. So you and I don't consider the situation. Don't consider the thing that is going wrong. Don't consider the bank manager's letter. Don't consider the doctor's report. Don't consider it. Do not consider it. Don't consider what is happening out there. Don't consider that things are going down. Don't consider that they've given you a warning notice that they are coming for the house. Don't consider it that they've given you a warning letter that tomorrow, God willing, they are coming for the car. Don't consider it. Continue. Verse 20. He staggered not. He did not waver. He did not say, maybe God will do it. Maybe God will not do it. He did not waver or stagger at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, even though it was impossible. Verse 21. And being fully persuaded, this key. So you and I, who hallelujah, I said you and I must be fully, not partially, fully, you and I must be fully persuaded that what God has promised, he will be able also to perform it. I said, oh, you and I must be confident. You and I must be fully persuaded. Be fully persuaded that if God said A, A is happening. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody here. I said, if God said A is happening, A is happening. If God says by his stripes you were healed, there is nothing more to talk about because you are fully persuaded. Next verse. And therefore, it was imputed or credited to him for righteousness. Continue. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. This key, verse 24. But for us also to whom it shall be imputed, if, glory to God, we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. That's key. Well, this, this, this meeting, this we'll talk about here another time. Hallelujah. So you and I must look at the heroes of faith. Look at the examples in the Bible. Look at the examples of what God has done in people's lives. People like Abraham. People like Isaac. People like Jacob. Who trusted in God. You see, Abraham was called the father of faith. Because what he did, he had to make him a father. He was coming, it's a long, I mean, he, 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 he had to be the father of, of faith because of staggering not at the promises of God. And also, one more thing, and then we continue. God says, Isaac is the seed. The, the, sorry, Isaac is through whom the seed, the promised seed will come. Then God says, kill Isaac. And Abraham is like, how? So Abraham didn't tell his wife. He just went, ah, where are you going? Don't worry, uh, I'll see you in time. <laughs> so Abraham went. As Abraham was going, in his mind, he was asking, how can this be? God is faithful and God cannot lie. It, 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 it is impossible for God to lie. Two immutable things in that God cannot lie. So if God cannot lie and God says that my, the seed, the promised seed, Jesus, will come through my son Isaac or through me, through Isaac, how can he say kill Isaac? There must be only one explanation because God will raise him from the dead. That's the only explanation, so I'm going to do it. 
When Abraham took the knife and I was about to kill Isaac, God said, don't touch the lad. I now know. Of course, that was Jesus speaking, the angel of the Lord. Now I now know that you fear God. Seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me, now in blessing, then all the blessings were activated. May my blessings and your blessings from God be activated in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Look at Moses. Look at Moses. He became the greatest leader. Look at all the things Moses went through and all the heroes of faith. Look at Jericho. I mean, the list goes on. Countless. Countless. So what do we do to, to, to encourage our trust in God and to, to, to encourage us to move forward and trust God with all our hearts? We must always remember that there should be a joyful note. There should be a praise. We should be thanking God in spite of what we are going through. Thank God in spite of what you are going through. Thank God in the situation. Thank God in the darkest hour. Because the darkest hour, a light is about to shine so bright in the darkest hour that the darkness will not be able to comprehend it. Am I preaching to somebody? So shout. Look at Paul and Silas. Acts chapter 2, 12, verse 1 to 9. The Bible says that Paul and Silas, no, sorry, sorry. Acts 2, 12, 1 to 9. Peter was in jail. Before Peter went to jail, Herod had stretched his hand to take James and kill him with the sword. And now Peter was in jail. Now, even though Peter was in jail, Peter was in jail about to be killed. But prayer was made to God for Peter's sake. Now, Peter was asleep between two soldiers and he was bound with two chains. Think about it, in prison. Peter is in prison. They want to secure him so much that as Peter is in prison, he's asleep in between two soldiers. Now the question is, how many people will be fast asleep for an angel to strike them in their sleep when they're about to die, unless they trust God? So Peter, in spite of what was going through, Peter said, look, I give myself to the Lord. I know the Lord. If it, has, it, it, it happens that... I'm supposed to die, I'll die. But I know that all things are for my sake. All things will work together for my good. So I'm here. And he was delivered. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you and I must get to a place where no matter what happens, we are trusting God. No matter what happens in our lives, even if it's the worst case scenario, we must trust God. Because even when the boat was sinking, Jesus was able to rebuke the storm and the wind. Even when Lazarus died, Jesus, for three days, Jesus was able to raise him from the dead. How much more my situation is situation? It's, it's not over till God says it's over. Even in death, it's not over. So you must give praise to God. You must thank him in all things. And then finally, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, for we know, and we know, and we know, and we know that all things work together for God. All things means the good things. The bad things, or God could have written it. For we and, and we know that good things or the good things that happen in our lives work together for our good. And I leave it at that. But no, God didn't say that. He said all things. The condition for all things to work together for my good and for your good is that you and I must love God. Number two, we must be the called. We must be called according to his purpose. So if you and I believe. 
that God is able. And you and I believe, and we know that we love God. Now, that's another topic. I'm talking about that on Sunday. It's a different topic altogether. Love God. The question is, in quotes, God has given his definition of what love is. Do we love God? That's a different topic. But if you satisfy or and I satisfy that condition of loving God, and I am the call, or you, you heed to the call of God upon your life, then no matter what happens, whether good or bad, it will work together for your good. Even the mistakes. Even the mistakes. And when things are working together for your good, you see, even if the whole world, everybody, most people would say that you are in error. But if God says you are not in error, you are not in error. Because no one has, knows God's heart, God's intentions, and no one knows your heart and your intentions. So no one can define unless they are God. No one can define what God is doing in someone's life. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. And you and I can't even define what God is doing in our lives. We just need to trust God. We need to just go with the flow and know that all things will work together for our good. God is too big for you and I to put in a box that this is how God works. God works this way. If God is doing this, he works this way. Not the God of the Bible. Hallelujah. So trust him in all things. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Trust him with all your heart. And when you and I are confident of this, that look, whatever happens, it will work together for my good. All things are for my sake. The good things, the bad things, the mistakes, the wrong things you've even done will work together for your good. God has us in his power. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows he's directing our steps. God can close certain doors. If doors are closed, don't worry about it. If doors are open, don't worry about it. Those who 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 were rejected jobs at the World Trade, the World Trade Center before the 9/11, God knew what He was doing. All those people who who died, what the, what the, the company I worked for, a, a huge number in fact that that section, a huge number of them died during the the, 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 the World Trade Center bomb. So imagine the people, Christians who are praying in tongues. Oh, I've gotten a job in the World Trade Center uh, at this company. Please pray for me. And then they blah, 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 praying and they are shooting uh, demons in their spirits by prayer, words, all these different things. Imagine they did all those things and they didn't get it. <laughs> those people say, God, why did you do that until 9-11? So in all things, in all things, that's why the Bible says, in all things, Give thanks to God. This is the will of God for us. In everything. It doesn't mean when a loved one dies, you just say, oh God, I thank you for the person dying. No, 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 no. You give it time. But at the end of the day, God, I don't understand why you did it. I don't agree with it. I don't approve of it. But I give you thanks for everything because you are great and your ways are not my ways. Your ways are higher than my, my ways. And your way says in Deuteronomy 29, 29 that the secret things belong to the Lord, our God. And the things that have been revealed have been revealed to us and to our children. So I don't know everything. You don't know everything. But what we know, we don't know everything. But one thing we know is that God has our back. And that God has our good in mind. He has good plans for us. He doesn't plan evil, but has good intentions for us. That we know. But we don't know how he's going to get us to the expected end. But we know that he has good plans for us. All we need to do is to surrender ourselves to him, surrender our lives to him, 
and see what God will do in our lives. Can I have an amen? Let's share a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the grace to trust in you in all things. May we depend upon you. May we trust you in all things. May we give you our hearts. May we live for you. May we worship you. May you do new things in our lives and give us the grace to trust in you more and to depend upon you more and give us the grace to do what we need to do to please you. May we please you in everything we do in the name of Jesus Christ. No matter what, whatever happens, even if all is against you so far as, if all are against us, if you are with us, who can be against us? If all the devils in the, in the world are against us, if you are with us, we are covered. So Father God, put your hedge of protection around us. Cover us with your love, Lord, and cause us to excel in your presence. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If you want to give your life to Christ, you've heard this message. All these things will not be able to apply to you if you are not born again. Everything I've said cannot apply to you. All things cannot work together for your good, no matter what you see, no matter where you hear it from. If you don't know Jesus, if you are not born again, it will not apply. If you know in your hearts that you are far from God, if you know that today, if you die today, you don't know whether you go to heaven or hell. If you die today, you don't know whether you will spend eternity in a Christless, you, you have a Christless eternity, fire and brimstone. Hell is so real. Hell is so real. Hell is so real. It's realer than tomorrow. Why? Because hell is in the Bible. Jesus said a lot about hell. Hell is more real than tomorrow because there's going to be a point in time that there will be time no longer. So hell is more real because hell will still exist. There's nothing like time in eternity. So hell is so real. And people will go there if they don't know Jesus Christ. They have not given their lives to Jesus Christ. Don't say to yourself that when I finish sorting my life out, I'll come to Jesus. Jesus wants you just the way you are. He wants you just the way you are because no one will ever sort their lives out before they come to Jesus. It's Jesus who wants to sort your life out. He says, come to me, all of you who labor and are heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Come, you come and you will give me the rest. This is the value of, the, of decision. This is the day of salvation. Don't wait. You don't, you don't have tomorrow promised. You don't know what is going to happen tomorrow. You don't know what is going to happen next year. You don't know what's going to happen. If you are watching, whether you are on social media, whoever you are, and you want Jesus Christ to save you, then repeat after me, including all of us on Zoom. Repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins and his blood was shed for my sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. 
forgive me for all my sins <clears throat> and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. God bless you. The condition for salvation is that you, you repent from your sins and you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. He died on the cross for your sins. His blood was shed for your sins. And God raised him from the dead. If you believe these things, you are saved after confessing it. God bless you. And I want to encourage you to join a church, look for a church, and get in, get uh, join, get 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 uh, acquainted with Christ Jesus by joining a church, fellow uh, body of believers in Jesus Christ. God will bless you. So God bless you all. Those watching, I want to say, God bless you. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord Jesus cause His face to shine upon you. <clears throat> He lift up his countenance upon you and may he give you peace. <clears throat> may God protect you from every form of COVID 19, every variant in the name of Jesus. May he protect yourselves from damage and replicating damaged cells. May he protect your body from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. May you be protected by the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I, in the name of Jesus Christ. May you have a fruitful and blessed week in the name of Jesus Christ. God bless you and shalom.